the thief comes not except to steal kill and destroy i have come that you might have and enjoy life life in abundance until it overflows discover how to live the abundant life in christ through the ministry of pastor ose yao afuakwa pastor afuakwa is the general overseer of faith house charismatic chapel international a thriving ministry in kumase ghana god has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know god better live life better and impact their world better get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory success and limitless prosperity god bless you as you listen john chapter 10 verse 18 the bible said no one takes it from me but i lay down of myself somebody say i lay down of myself I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment I have received of my father. It takes, there is a power called the giving power. Somebody say the giving power. When that power is upon you, it empowers you to lay it down. And it is your ability to lay it down that also qualifies you to take it again. Jesus died and rose because he gave up his life by the power of the Holy Ghost and resurrected again. He said, I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. In this anointing service is my prayer that the power to lay it down will come upon you. In the mighty name of Jesus. You see, people don't give, not because they don't have, because they lack the capacity to give. They lack the capacity to give. And it's a capacity God must give you. When God endows you with that capacity, it makes it easier to give. Second Corinthians chapter 8. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. He said, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed. Somebody say grace. And grace also talks about power. Paul said that we are not sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as of ourselves. But our sufficiency is of God. This was a church that was going through a great trial and difficult time. But the Bible says, Moreover, I do you to be weight of the grace of God that was bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. How that in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, See a deep poverty. Or say it, deep poverty. You know, there are levels of poverty. There's shallow poverty and there's deep poverty. Even the scriptures admit that there are levels of poverty. In scripture, we have the poor, we have the poorer, and we have the poorest. All of that are in scripture. So, in the Old Testament, he said that when you glean your fields, make sure that you don't glean every corner. You should leave some corner for the very poorest. But the Bible says, how that in a great trial of affliction, these guys were going through challenging times. Difficult moments. They themselves were in need. If you saw them, you would tell them that they are people who must be given something. But no, because of the grace that was upon them, the Bible said, even in their deep poverty, 
it abounded unto the riches of their liberality. It's a paradox that you are broke and you need help, but you will not wait for help. You will rather rise up to help others. Those who extend a hand to help others always remain helpless. But those who always wait to be helped always are in need of help. Have you seen why African countries, after many years of aid, we are still in need of aid? Nobody rises with the aid. He said, how that in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy, and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Now, this is a scripture that really establishes a strong foundation for giving in scripture. He says, verse 4, for to their power. Somebody said to their power. See, so giving is a, a you need power. Someone say you need power. You need power. Yeah. You need power. You need power. There are some things you can easily give it out. But there are some seeds. When God speaks to you about them, you need power. You need what? Power. You need power. You need power. You need power. He said to their power, I bear record. And yea, beyond their power. To their power. The new kingdom says, according to their ability. Yeah. He said, for I bear witness according to their ability. And beyond their ability, they were freely willing. They were willing. They were willing. According to their ability and beyond it, they were willing. Imploring us with much urgency that we will receive the gift and the fellowship of ministering to the saints. Then he says, verse 5, not that as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. You see, the reason why a lot have difficulty in giving is because we are not giving to the Lord. That's why we are saying that the strongest foundation for a giving life is a love for God. When you love God, nothing is too much for you to give to him or to people. When you love God, when you love God. The Bible said, not only as we hope, but they gave themselves to the Lord. And to us, by the will of God, they gave themselves to us. I pray that grace to give yourself to the Lord will come upon you. What is 10% tight that you are debating? Give yourself to God. When you have given yourself to God, it's not difficult to give you your material things. But we've been singing, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. <laughs> but we keep our pocket. I give you my heart. Have your way in me. Listen. Giving is the best way to live. Everything that lives gives to live. Everything that dies, dies because it refuses to give. Why are you alive? Because you can breathe in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide. The moment you cease to breathe out carbon dioxide, it's a very short time. You will be gone. 
The Dead Sea is a dead sea because it receives from everywhere. It gives nowhere. The Bible said in 1 Kings chapter 3, and Solomon loved the law. Solomon loved the law. 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 3. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burned as incense in the high place. Verse 4. Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. That was a great high place. Solomon offered unto God a thousand burnt offerings. Why did he do that? Nobody needed to. Nobody coerced him to do it. The Bible said he loved God. Last week, I started talking about what do we give to God? Because this month, our focus is giving, demonstrate my love for God. Somebody say giving. Demonstrate my love for God. You can claim all you want, say all you want. You can say you love God. But the the thing God looks at to measure your love for him is what you are giving to him. If you have not given your life to him, you are not in love with him. He sees his lovers as those who are willing to give their lives to him. Giving demonstrates my love for God. And we establish a biblical basis for giving. Because you see, Apostle Paul was speaking in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13 verse 3. He says, though I give my body to be bent, and I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and I have no love, it profited me nothing. So, as profitable as giving is, when the motivation is wrong, it will yield no results. It profited me nothing. I pray that beginning from this month, your giving will profit you. In the mighty name of Jesus, shout louder, amen. Amen. What do we give to God? We established a biblical basis for giving and then we started talking about what we give to God. And in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, we are told, he says, will a man rob God? Then he says, you have robbed me. Then he says, in what have you robbed you? Then he says, in tithes and in offerings. Somebody say tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. So we give to God tithes and we give to God offerings. And... uh, Last week, I just laid some foundation to help those who are doubters. Because uh, most of the time, when things are being peddled around and uh, people are reading them, they, they lose sight of the truth of scripture. There's a lot of information nowadays on Facebook and uh, in all kinds of places. Videos about Titan, all kinds of things have been said about it for all kinds of demonic reasons. But God's plan and purpose remains the same. The Bible says, I'm the Lord, I change it not. I change it not. I was saying in the first service that in the word of God, there are practices and there are principles. And you need to know the principle. What is a principle and what is a practice? All through scripture, people have, God has responded to the givings of people. All through scripture, right from Genesis. When Noah offered, God responded. When Abel and Cain offered, God responded. When Abraham wanted to enter into a covenant, God told him, bring me an offering. But one of the things scripture makes very clear about 
given is the tithes. When we talk about tithing, tithing under the Old Testament was a practice where they gave tenth, one tenth, or a tenth of whatever blessing God gave them unto him. They were supposed to return it. And God said, if you fail to return it, you are robbing me. The tithing was necessary because of a number of reasons. One, God demanded it. God established a principle from the beginning that everything he gives you, a portion should be returned to him. Somebody say a portion. God has given you everything and he says, give me a certain portion of it. He gave us seven days. He says, one of the days should be set aside for fellowship and worship with him. They call it the Sabbath. He gave us uh, he gave Adam and Eve two giant trees in the garden. He says, you take one, but the other don't touch it. The day you touch it, something catastrophic will happen. And right from Genesis, before even Titan began, somebody touched what he was not supposed to touch and God intervened. So when people wait and say, oh, how can a good God bring calamity upon people? Obedience brings blessing. Disobedience brings the other thing you can think about. God rewards obedience and he punishes disobedience. The Bible says in the book of Job 36 verse 11, he says, if we, we obey and serve him, we shall spend our days in what? Prosperity and our years in what? Obedience. Again, in the book of Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 and 19, he said, come and let us reason together. And say the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as wool. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Verse 19, he says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall what? Eat the good of a land. So, in other words, if you are not willing and obedient, what will happen? You eat the bad of a land. But we have come to a place where we have become so deceived and deluded. That when we read scripture, the part that is a blessing, we claim it. The part that is a warning, that one, God's grace has taken care of it. There's no, there, 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 there could not be any greater illusion than that. I believe that those of us in this era must give God more than 10%. We must give more than what? As for tithing, 10% tithing, if you are debating on it, you are a babe. You are what? A babe. A babe. 10% tithing. You are debating on You are a babe. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. He says, of whom I have many things to say. And hard to utter. Now give me New King James, please. Are many things, are many things, are many things, are many things. Of whom I have so much to say. And hard to explain. Since you have become dull of hearing. Let's try the New Living Translation. The same place. Oh, I, 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 There's so much more we would like to say about this. But it is difficult. To explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Verse 12. He says, you have been believers so long 
that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Verse 13, he says, For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. But solid food, somebody say solid food. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. There's solid food and there is uh, milk, yeah. And when it comes to Titan, is a, is a milk. Is what? Yeah. Yeah, because I understand how difficult it is for some people, even with the time. Very, very difficult. Some will, upon a message like this, they will feel so guilty. This is not what the message is designed for anyway. Praise God. <laughs> yeah. And then, out of that guilt, they will start. One month, two months, three months, and they are gone. Then, after some long time, another message will come again. Yeah, 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 this thing again. You see, you are a babe. You are what? I don't think that it is wise on my part as a pastor really to debate people on whether or not they should give. No, 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 no. It is an act of maturity. It's an act of maturity. The more I go through scripture and I go through the New Testament, I used to tithe 10%. And I did that for over 15 years. But for the past five years, I stopped doing 10%. I tithe more than 10%. And next year, I'll increase it. Praise God. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'll increase it. increase it. But if you are not doing 10%, that's where you should start from. Praise God. Because if you've not started class one, don't try to go to SHS one. <laughs> it will backfire. Praise God. Let me show you a scripture that should tell us why we cannot be struggling with 10%. <laughs> Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 47. Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 47. He says, one of the Pharisees, and these Pharisees are great people. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down. Verse. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster wad filled with expensive wad, filled with wad, expensive oil, perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. She kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on him. Look at verse. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She said, sinner. Thank God you are not a sinner. It's always easier to pick who is a sinner. True or false? Then Jesus answered his thoughts and said, He said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher. Simon replied. Not knowing what Jesus was about to say. 
Then Jesus told him this story. Let this story stay with you. Praise God. Every time you have an opportunity to give to God, remind yourself of this story. Because we are just like the woman in this story. But most of the time we forget it. And because we forget it, we find it very difficult giving to God. Praise God. Yeah. Giving must not be done because you fear a curse. No, it's written in scripture. Praise God. Giving must not be done because you simply want returns. Giving becomes a delight when you know how much God has already given you. So much. So much. And I'm going to show you a few things. Then Jesus told this this woman the story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver, to one and 50 pieces to another. What's the percentage? Can you do the percentage? Between 50 and 500. What's the gap? 90%. Let's come to our terms here. Two of you, get up. This one needs money. I give her a loan of 50,000 Ghana City. Alright? This one needs money. And then she comes to me and I give her 500,000 Ghana City. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, by faith, she's claiming it. Praise God. Now, so they are supposed to bring it in two weeks. After two weeks, this one comes. I don't have anything to give. Then this one comes. At least this one. This one comes 500,000 Ghana CD. That is about uh, five, what? Five billion, good. Five billion. Then she comes. I don't have anything to give. Then I descend. I say, okay. If you don't have it to give, both of you, I've dashed you the money. Go for free. Now, this is the story here. So, but neither of them could repay him. So, the man said, I've forgiven you canceling the debt. Who do you suppose love him more after that? These two people, who should be more appreciative and, uh, and be in love? Which of them? 500,000 has to appreciate it more. 5 billion cities. Now, go to verse 46. Simon answered him, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Verse 44. Then he turned to the woman and said to the woman, to Simon, look at this woman kneeling down here. What? When I entered into your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust of my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Verse 45. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I felt, I first came here, she has not stopped kissing my feet. Verse 46. You neglected the curtsy of olive oil to anoint my hair. But she has, not, she has anointed my feet with uncommon perfume. Look at verse 47. I tell you her sins. Somebody say her sins. And there are many. Don't forget. Simon said this woman is a sinner. And Jesus said, well, it's true she's a sinner. Her sins which are many 
have also been forgiven her. Why? For she has shown me much love. Then he said, but the person who is forgiving little shows only little love. Forgiving little. Somebody say forgiving little. Forgiving little. Now, Luke chapter 12, verse 48. Today. But he did not know. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes should be beaten with few. For everyone, please take note here. One go. For everyone to whom much is given, from whom much. I just want us to do a brief comparison between the Old Testament and the New Testament. We have a lot of debates. Why some say the Old Testament it, uh, is past. Because of it, we should not tithe. Others say the tithing was an issue under the Old Testament. So in the New Testament, we should be doing something different. Now, under the Old Testament, they were doing 10%. Under the New Testament, God expects us to do much more. Somebody say much more. Much more. And we want to run through a few because... One, in this scripture, he gives us one of those reasons. He says, for whom much is forgiven, much is required. Much is required. Why is it that those of us here and under the New Testament should be giving God much more than 10%? Number one is because we've been redeemed at a very expensive price. A high price has been paid for our redemption. Somebody say a high price. Say a high price. A high price. There is no way you buy a three-month goat for a certain amount. But a goat of a certain stature and height, you pay more. A heavy price was paid for your and my redemption. Look at what the Bible says. First Corinthians 6 verse 20. He says, For God has bought you with a high price, so you must honor him with your body. Same scripture, verse 7, 7, chapter 7, verse 23. He said, God has paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the blood, by the world. Under the Old Testament, they were not saved like we, we have been saved. They were not new creatures. All things were not passed away. The Bible said, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's how new you have become. All your abortion is not part of your life now. Amen. You are so new that those uh, forgery things you were doing in that office, when God looks into his records, he doesn't see it again. Amen. So new that when you were almost collapsing someone's marriage, on the side, God did not consider it at all. Somebody say, I'm so new. The Bible said, if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creature. All things are passed away. All things are passed away. Under the Old Testament, all things could not pass away. Because the blood that was used could not erase things. It could cover it. It could what? It could cover it. It could not erase it. It could cover it. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews 9 verse 12. Neither by the blood. Somebody say, neither by the blood. So your salvation and my salvation was not by the blood of bulls and goats 
He said, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Verse 13. He said, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and of the ashes of an ahifa, sprinkling upon the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot unto God, purge our conscience from dead works. Conscience are purged. That, this is a major significant difference between us and them. First Peter chapter 1 verse 18 and 19. He says, for as much as you know, First Peter, for as much as you know, if you don't know, I'm reminding you this morning. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your old converse, your vain conversation received from the traditions of your fathers, but, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot or blemish. Now listen, if those people whose sins were being cleansed by goats, calves, and sheep, they were given 10%. And you, a whole human being, not just a human being, the priceless son of God, the sinless son of God, he came and died in your place. If those, they sacrifice animal for, they pay 10, how much do you think you should pay? How much do you think you should pay? And you are here debating, 10% is too much. After all, what are they using the money for? How much? This is one. Number two. In this era, our sins have been forgiven and blotted out. Somebody say, our sins have been forgiven. And blotted out. You see, when you are born in da, when you are born in da, and I say, when you are born in modu, ema yem fanchewa, yekase boni fachea, wunti asi. If you have never committed some war crime, if you are like Atai and President Kufo comes and says, uh, justice for all program, go home. Listen. <laughs> Somebody who stole chicken and was jailed and Atai, they, their celebration will be different. I, I'm not communicating here. Their, their celebration cannot be the same. It cannot be the same. It cannot be the same. It cannot be the same. There are people who can talk rubbish sometimes and largely out of ignorance. Oh, me 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 who did me cry ya mame. You see, no no, it's like you see, you see age, but a lot do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because most of the time when we talk like that, we actually don't know the most valuable things of life. When David was talking, his heart was always full of gratitude. He said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Number one, who forgiveth all thy iniquities. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities. That's number one. All thy iniquities. In fact, when David fell into sin with Bathsheba, and listen, he said, after that, 
he began to write a psalm. He said, blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven. And whose sin is covered. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities. And he let all thy diseases. Forgiven. 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 You see. Sometimes when we think about forgiveness of sin. We think it's, uh, it's something very easy. But under the Old Testament it wasn't easy like that. Under the Old Testament. Even if you were forgiven. You were constantly reminded. Those of you who are like oh. When, you see, when human beings are reminding you of things you have done, you see how painful it can be? Sometimes you have apologized about the thing. You've asked for forgiveness. Sometimes a third party has even come into it. But sometimes when you are talking with them, ah, then it comes up and they mention it. Then you are like, hey, I thought this was over. How many of us feel very good when we are reminded of things? But listen, you won't believe it. Under the Old Testament, you will commit sin, whatever. Blood will share for you, will kill goat and everything. But, every year you will be reminded. <laughs> Last year, <laughs> you killed uh, Mr. Asumasi. <laughs> Last year, <laughs> you fornicated about three people. And they are all here. <laughs> you see? You see? Uh, listen. That's why it was not easy for them to relate with God. Because anybody who constantly reminds you of your limitations, you find it very difficult to relate with such a person. But the Bible said, they were reminded every month, every season, they were constantly reminded. But in York, because what happened was that, one, in our days, our sins have been forgiven. Somebody say forgiven. The word forgiven in Greek means you have been released from bondage or prison. Forgiven. That's what it means. It means that all your debts are supernaturally cancelled. Every debt you owe. It, it just uh, explains what the story we just read. Somebody owing 500 uh, something and couldn't pay and the other 50 pieces and couldn't pay and then they were forgiven free of charge. That's what it means. Forgiven. And then it also means to be let go, never to be arrested by it again. But this is what we have in the New Testament. Because in the New Testament, let's see Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 and 13 and 14. Quick. He said, Giving thanks unto the Father who had qualified us to be partakers, who had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. King James. He says, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Somebody say, even the forgiveness of sin. We have not been just redeemed, but our sins have also been forgiven. Now, Colossians 2 verse 13. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, had he quickened together with him, having forgiven all trespasses. Somebody say all trespasses. Say all trespasses. Somebody say, Father, I thank you for forgiveness. Under the Old Testament, you know what happened? Their deaths were not cancelled. 
What happened was that it was atoned for. Atonement means that it's a day where your sins are going to be covered. You see, this thing is covered. It's covered. I removed the cover. So your sins are covered. But the cover is still there. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Tomorrow, I can easily uncover it. <laughs> are you getting what I'm talking about? And that's exactly what was happening in the Old Testament. The Bible said there was constant remembrance of sin. Because their sins were not forgiven, they were atoned. Now, that's number one. So, there was a day of atonement. And the atonement too, you could not just get it anyhow. It was a special day of atonement. Atonement was made possible once every year. Somebody say once every year. Now, imagine all the multitude of your sins. They are piled up against you. And then, once every year, the high, and that one, you didn't do it yourself. Somebody had to do it on your behalf. Unlike today, you can just do anything, any crime. Listen, all sins are forgivable. I said all sins are what? Yeah. In this new age, no sin should hold you in bondage. Don't allow Satan to keep you in bondage and make you feel like God doesn't want you, God hates you, God doesn't love you. The day you confess truly from your heart, from that moment, God forgives you. And he sees you as a brand new person. But it was not easy like that under the Old Testament. Leviticus chapter 6, we are told how this was happening. And the priest, who was anointed and consecrated to minister as a priest in his father's place shall make atonement so you don't do it. And there are some churches that still do it. There are some churches, it looks like it's pastors who forgive so people go and confess to them. And I was saying in the first service that there are some of the people that you are confessing to, their sins are more than the one you are confessing to them. <laughs> and put on. For him to make the atonement, he has to put on Linen clothes, the holy garment, verse 33. <laughs> then he shall make atonement for the holy sanctuary, he shall make atonement for the tabernacle of the meeting, and for the altar, and he shall make atonement for the priests and for all the people of the assembly. Verse 34. This shall be, let's read it together, one go. This shall be an everlasting statue for you to make atonement for the children of Israel. For all their sins was, was, was. Now you see, there are things you can wait for one year to be forgiven. But there are some things. <laughs> if you don't obtain forgiveness now, here and now, you may die out of it. This was the natural order at the time. But in our case, this is what the Bible says. He says, Isaiah 43, verse 25. He said, I, not the priest. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm even imagining, he said, why are you born in the Ebiakekan or Sophana obey atonement? But thank God for the New Testament. He said, in this age, I, even I, am he that blotted out your transgression for my sake 
and I'll remember your sins. I will not remember thy sins. I will not. I will not. Oh, pastor, so why is it that every now and then I, I, this thing keeps coming to me. I keep getting flashes of the abortion I cause. It's not from God. It's from the devil. Praise God. It's from where? The devil. He's the one. Look at what some 103 verse 13 says. He said, as far as the east is from the west. Oh, as far as the east is from the west. Verse, verse 12, please. As far as the east is from the west. So far have he removed our transgressions from us. As far. Can somebody praise God for that? As far. So, uh, listen, all of these things have been done for you for free at the cost of his blood. And you are debating 10%. With three more days. Praise God. Now let's look at point four. Unconditional. We'll jump three and go to four. Direct access and unconditional acceptance before God. No! No, 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 no. Under the Old Testament, eh? Not anybody could come even to the tabernacle. I'm sorry, I'm not better than I'll be here fine. Listen, under the Old Testament, it wasn't like that. Even to come around the tabernacle, you have to be born well. You have to be what? Born well. If you want to be able to come to the tabernacle, you must be born by Levites. If you are not born by a Levite, or you don't belong to the Levitical family, it's not your portion. Praise God. Not your portion. Don't go there. You go there, they kill you. That's what was happening under the Old Testament. Numbers chapter 18, verse 21. Numbers 18, 21. The Bible says, And behold, I've given the children of Israel all the tents of Israel for an inheritance. For their service which they serve me, even in the tabernacle, in the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Verse 22. Let's read it together. He said, Neither must the children of Israel henceforth Come near the tabernacle of the congregation. Let they bear their sin and die. Holy God. Don't come near. Oh, don't come. No abeso gate. Mubi. Oboni bebrebe. You will die before you open the door. <laughs> when ignorance rules, people feel they are bound. Because a lot of people make. Uh, uh, these pastors, they are just, they, 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 they use a certain language. They use a certain language. To whom much is given, much is required. This was their law. They were not supposed to come. Only the high priest, somebody say only the high priest. Just say, this is how it looks. One, Levite had access to the tabernacle. The priest also had some measure. So, uh, imagine that I'm a high priest. Pastor now, as an assistant pastor, is one of the priests. Uh, Minister Charles, Minister Law, Deacon uh, Ernest, are all Levites. When it comes to going into the Holy of Holies, I'm the only person. Pastor now is a priest, but he doesn't qualify. If he tries it, he dies. And even me, when I'm ready to go there, I must make sure I am very, very clean. 
I must wear some long garments. And when I go in there, I must make sure I'm clean because if um, anything is unclean about me and I enter, I die. And when I die, nobody qualifies to pull me there. So while they were going, they put chains on their legs as they were entering the Holy of Holies. There were chains on their neck. So if he goes there and after one hour, you don't hear any sound, it means high priest Afuakwa is gone. <laughs> He's gone. After one hour, then they begin to pull the chain. They will pull you ah, from there out and then they will carry you out. Now, that, now you, you think we have freedom in this era. We have freedom. Only the high priest, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 6. Hebrews 9, 6, King James. He said, and, But when these things had thus been prepared, the priests went always into the first tabernacle. The priest. The priest is the first category. So, assistant passes, only the tabernacle. Accomplishing the service of God. Verse 7. He says, But into the second went into the high priest alone. And he goes there once every year. Once every year, yet not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. So before he goes, you bear a lot of them, one for the priest himself, then for the people, then he's ready to enter. But you know what has happened? So we lack access and we lack acceptance. But now, Paul was speaking in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6. He said to the praise, to the praise. Somebody said to the praise. Ooh. He said to the praise of the glory of his grace. Wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. You and I have been accepted in the beloved. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4. He said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Let us come what? Boldly to the throne of grace. That we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Time of need. So, imagine you needed God. Listen. Now, imagine you needed something urgently from God. And you couldn't reach God. And the priest is on holiday in Paris. You cannot reach God. The one who can lead you to God is on holiday in Paris. Gone for the royal wedding. <laughs> Let me show you something. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11 to 19. Wherefore, remember that you've been in time past. Paul, he said, remember. Somebody say, remember. remember. Because, you see, when we forget so easily, it makes it easier for us to be stingy and hold on to things. But when you remember how far you have come, he said, remember that you, in time past, were Gentiles in the flesh who were called circumcision uncircumcision, but that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Verse 4. That at the time you were without what? Christ. 
being aliens from what? The commonwealth of Israel. Strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world. That was your state before. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't forget this state. But now! Somebody say now. Now! Something has changed. But now! In Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made near by the blood of Christ. Look! You couldn't come to the temple. Now, not only can you come to the temple, but you can reach out to God. You can lift up your hands and say, Lord, I need you. I love you. You can communicate to God. Anywhere, you can even, excuse me, be sitting on the, the thing. And you, oh, Lord, I love you. Hey, can you imagine? That, that, that's how access. The Bible said, I would that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. Pray everywhere. Everywhere. And yet, people are, we live in a, where people are taking God for granted. If there is a generation that is ungrateful, is this generation? generation. You are debating 10%. 10%. They've done all of this for you for 10%. Now, those people who had access only through the priest were doing 10%. You, you can go direct and with all your liabilities. Praise God. Look at verse 14. He said, But he is our peace, who had made both one and had broken down the middle of partition, of partition between us. Verse 15. Having abolished in the flesh the enmity, even the law of commandment contained in the ordinances, for to make himself twine in one man, so make him peace. Verse 16. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereof. Look at verse 17. And came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to them that were near. Look at verse 18. For through him we both have what? Say, I have access. Say, I have access. Do you know what access means? Access means gate feet. Get, get free. Now you have free access. And they say, tight, you are saying 10%. <laughs> May the Lord have somebody today. May the Lord have somebody today. Number four. Let's do six. Let me touch on six. We have not just been forgiven. And we have not just been given audience. We also have a better covenant established on better promises. Somebody say better covenant. Established on better promises. Say better covenant. Established on better promises. Hebrews 8 verse 6 to 12. He says, but now he had obtained a more excellent ministry. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 to 12. He had obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much also he is a mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then there should have no there should no place have been sought for the second. Verse 8. For finding fault with the first, behold, the days come and said, When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel 
and with the house of David. Number, let's do number eight. We must do more than 10% because we have numerous needs, the tithes of the modern day church addresses. Numerous needs. The needs, the modern church. You know, in the Old Testament, they were using the tithe just to maintain the priest, pay the priests, the Levites, and take care of poor people, and then also to uh, widows, basically. That's what they were doing. They were not building temples. They were not doing preaching on radio. They were, all of those things were not part. In the New Testament, we still do all of that. This church, we do all of that. We, we help needy people in this church. We, in fact, we, we so help that when there was a challenge in, uh, was it Celerion or one of the places? One of the countries. Yeah, it's real. When they, it happened, we sent the check there from this church. We sent the check. We sent the check to the people who sent it in Accra, the Ghana office that organized. We sent the check there. Now, but the needs and the responsibilities of the end time church is so much. So if you are dealing with the people who are not preaching on radio, didn't do crusade, didn't do anything, we're doing 10%. In this era, where we have to preach the gospel to the nations of the earth, 10% is too small. Somebody says it's too small. Let me close with number 10. Number 10. The opportunity we have to receive greater returns on our giving than what the tithe uh, guarantees. Give me Second Corinthians chapter 9 as I close. He said, but this, this is one of the scriptures about giving under the New Testament. And it's very important. Here, this is what the Bible says. He said, but this I say, he who soweth sparingly. He said, under the New Testament, whatever you are giving, every time you are giving, think, it about, think about it as a seed. As what? A seed. As a seed. As for the farm size, I've given everybody the same farm size. But the seed you sow into the farm will determine your harvest. If you have two acres, he has two acres. And you sow one kilo of uh, maize. And he sows ten kilos of maize. You can't have the same harvest, can you? Can you have the same harvest? The Bible said, not when we are talking about tithing, somebody say uh, on gross, another say on net. He said, no, it's not, it's not necessary. Don't debate that. Leave everybody to think about himself. He said, but I say, he who soweth sparingly shall also reap what? Sparing. And he who soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Because of this principle, look at what he says, verse 7. He said, so, every man, based on this principle of what you sow is what you reap, every man should decide. If they want 10%, let them do 10%. If they want to do 100%, let them do 100%. It will not be so. Simple. So the debate is not necessary. Don't you even say the debate is not necessary. Uh, listen, I am of the firm conviction that anybody who debates about tithe, for whatever reason, doesn't understand Bible, doesn't understand God, doesn't love God one minute. That's all. That's all. That's all. And next week, I'll be teaching on how to pay the tithe right. Other people also do it. They don't do it right. 
I'm going to work out this until you get it. Yeah, because when you get it, you will see that you you have now begun to live the best of life. There is nothing as exciting as seeing lives transformed through you. There's nothing as exciting and fulfilling like that. And one way we partner with God to see life change, to see people transform, is through our seed and our giving. There is a quotation I quoted in the first sentence. Quaker oats. How many of us eat Quaker oats? You came for second service. I'm sure some of you ate it before you came. The owner of Quaker Oats or the founder of Quaker Oats was a Christian. He says, when they ask him one day, he said, why do you, how how frequent do you give? He says, for over 40 years. Somebody say 40 years. Uh Those of us who practice tithing three months, I'm not seeing anything I've stopped. He said, over 40 years, I have given 60 to 70% of my income to God. I have never gotten ahead of him. He has always been ahead of me. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can never beat God giving. It's a global brand. Over 40 years, 60 to 70%. I read uh, Rick Warren's testimony and I was shocked. He started with 10%, 10%, 10%. And as his love for God was increasing, he was increasing it. And now, he does 90%. And in the U.S., he's one of the richest ministers of the gospel. Praise God. He gives God 90%. And the 10% is more than enough. He said, I have given 60 to 70% of my income to God. And he has always been ahead of me. Listen, God is not out to get you. God is out to bless you. And when you do it with understanding and with a pure heart, nobody needs to force you to do anything. He said, to whom much is given, much is required. That's all. We've been giving so much. They had to wait for one year for forgiveness. Now you say, Father, and even while you are saying it, God knows that you even go and do it again. And it's forgiven you. <laughs> Put your hands together like this. Say, Lord, by this anointing, break the chains of singleness from my hands. Today, I receive liberty from my hands. Nothing will be too much for my hands to release. In the name of Jesus. From today, I receive grace to easily let go of whatever you have entrusted into my hands. Thank you that from today, I'm a faithful steward of the resources you give me. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of other messages as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 020-422-5790 or 027-422-5790 or email us at 
faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services, 6.30 to 8 a.m. fair service, 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. second service, and on Tuesdays for our Word Encounter service, 6 to 8 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nana Ama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santa Seranabout, Kumase, Ghana. God richly bless you. In one word. One word.